Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Thursday, December the 16th. And today I'm going to spend just a little bit of time talking about the headlines and why it is so important that we do not allow ourselves to succumb to a spirit of division. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, I hope you guys are enjoying your week and that you're getting a little bit of respite from the craziness that is the Christmas season. You know, I was telling Jay the other night, uh, we had a, an open house for the congressional campaign and I'm getting to meet lots of really wonderful people. And what's fascinating to me is the continuing theme of people feeling so tired. I think they're tired from obviously from the lockdowns and the mask mandates. I just got back. I mean, for goodness sake, I was in Los Angeles. I've been in uh, Tennessee and Chattanooga. I've been in Dallas. And it's amazing. If you go to a free state, the amount of uh, pressure that is released just by not being under these tyrannical mandates, and you can literally feel it. And I know that a lot of you are living in states right now that are, uh, you know, still stuck back in this this uh, machine, really, this just fear-mongering machine that is the mainstream media and these ridiculous governors and their ridiculous mandates and all of it. But I have really come to believe, and I was talking about this with Pastor Phil yesterday, I have really come to believe that this really, truly is the spirit of the age. And the Bible has a lot to say about what it means when we cannot live in harmony with one another. So I'm going to get to that today. I want to cover a little bit of the headlines with you. I know many of you who listen to this have been affected by the tornadoes that ripped through uh, the Midwest. And I just wanted you to know that we are praying for you. And I've, I've watched some pretty wonderful things happen as a result uh, in terms of people stepping up to offer help. Um, my friend, Dr. Cook, Kathy Cook called me and uh, she's going to be actually coming on the show with me tomorrow, and uh, we may touch on this a little bit. But just to see uh, God's people just coming together and helping each other, it is always such an encouraging thing uh, to watch. Also, you know, we're seeing crime spikes around the country, right? You guys are watching these smash and grab uh, episodes that are happening in major cities. Almost all of them run by Democrats, by the way, people who want to defund the police and demoralize the police and do everything they can to to bring really more Marxism, more chaos into the culture. The goal of Marxism, of course, always ends in communism and you can't get that unless you have chaos. And that's certainly what's happening. But I think it's fascinating. You know, I heard the uh, the press secretary, Jen Psaki, say that the reason why we're having so much crime is because of COVID. And I'm watching this like, eh, no, that's not actually why we're having all these issues. We're having issues because of the far left and their ridiculous policies. That's why we are where we are. I mean, the fact of the matter is we've got cities and uh, legislators, particularly those are in Olympia, Washington right now, who have really driven a stake through the heart of public safety by limiting what the police can and cannot do. And it's really, uh, this is a sad time for freedom, but it's definitely not the part, it's, this is not on COVID. I mean, you can put a lot, you can, you can pin a lot of things on COVID, uh, but this certainly isn't one of them. And so I just want to encourage you guys for as, as much as you can, 
to tell the truth about what's happening around you. And we can be people that bring people together, but you can't bring people together unless you're willing to tell the truth. And I read something, I'm going to try to find it right now. I read an article uh, just a couple of days ago. In fact, I think it, yeah, it just came out. Uh, it came out of Ithaca, New York. It was called Political, I'll link back to it in the show notes today. Political polarization in the United States may be reaching an irreversible tipping point. I think about that for just a minute with me. The fact of the matter is you've got people now openly saying that the division in our country right now is at pre-Civil War levels and people talking politics during the holidays. You guys have heard me say, hey, man, I think the holidays is an opportunity for us to talk together about what's going on in our country and see if we can't hear each other. Uh, This is what the article said. While most people eventually forgive and forget their political disagreements, is there a point of no return where Americans can no longer coexist with each other? A new study by researchers at Cornell University finds there may be an actual tipping point where no issue imaginable can unite Republicans and Democrats again. Their findings reveal that at this point, extreme polarization becomes irreversible. The team's predictive model for measuring the behavior of a polarized political group, like the current U.S. Senate, shows that even an attack by a foreign power or another pandemic would not heal the political divide. Now, I'm going to stop right there because I honestly believe that that COVID has been politicized, absolutely politicized on purpose. And to me... This is the adversary. It has it has his fingerprints all over it. Instead of uniting against a common threat, the threat itself becomes another polarizing issue. And this was a guy named Michael Macy who directs a Social Dynamics Laboratory at the College of Arts and Sciences at Cornell University. He said, and I quote, we, we found that polarization increases incrementally, but only up to a point. Above this point, there is a sudden change in the very fabric of the institution, like the change from water to steam when the temperature exceeds the boiling point. Researchers say that their work builds on an earlier political model that study co-author, the co-authors created to examine the two party political system. That model looked at 30 years of congressional voting records correctly predicting the shift in political polarization among 28 out of 30 U.S. Congresses. The new model simulates the behavior of 100 politicians within a legislature, like the U.S. Senate, who have varying opinions on 10 extremely divisive issues, gun control and abortion being two of them. Over time, the model shows that lawmakers shift their positions on issues according to the influence of like minded allies and arguments with partisan opponents. The team also manipulated their control parameters to see how political intolerance, party identity, and the strength of an outside threat impacts the political system. And basically, the conclusion they came to was that America's political reactor is about to go critical. They believe that uh, any level below the critical point of polarization, we we could reverse it. But they're saying that they don't think that's likely. Now they're saying, and I quote, the process resembles a meltdown in a nuclear reactor. Up to a point, technicians can bring the core temperature back down by increasing the flow of water and use it to cool the reactor. But if the temperature goes critical, there is a runaway reaction that cannot be stopped. And our study shows that something very similar can happen in a political reactor. The voters are like nuclear technicians. It is up to us to bring the political temperature back down before it's too late. And uh, I got to say, 
I read a lot of things on the news, obviously following uh, COVID-19 and Omicron, the var- the new variant. I believe that this is 100% the work of the spirit of the age, who the Bible says comes to kill and steal and destroy. And as believers, we need to recognize the dangers of division. And we are seeing division within the church. We're seeing, I mean, they're dividing us by everything you can possibly imagine. Uh, I had a family member recently uh, in talking with another family member, basically say, I will never visit you until you get the COVID vaccine. And I, I wanted to cry. I'm not even kidding. I mean, I wanted to just call up this family member and say, we're talking about a virus with a 99.9% survival rate. Many, many, many of us have already had it. And so why, why are we arguing about this? Well, we know that the Bible talks about uh, division within the body of Christ and division within families. Uh, And there is a tremendous danger when we allow this spirit of division, the spirit of the age to seep into our churches, to seep into our families. This is actually going to kill us by making, making us collectively ineffective in facing the complex and important challenges that we're facing right now. I see this absolutely in the political sphere. Uh, right here where I live in Congressional District 3, people are fighting. I have never seen anything like it. I'm watching political candidates, one of whom uh, is running against me in the primary, just going and sowing seeds of division all over the district. And I'm telling you what, you guys, we have to stop this. We have to stop this. This separation is going to kill us. It's going to drive more and more people into um, a polarizing position that they're unwilling or unable to release themselves from. And we're not even listening to each other anymore. And so instead of embracing our problems and saying, okay, we've got problems. What's your side of the story? What's my side of the story? What's this other person's side of the story? How can we come together and work together? We're basically saying you go in your corner and choose collectively to die alone. All right, you guys, you know that I have entered into an awesome uh, partnership with Mike Lindell over at MyPillow, and I decided I was going to go ahead and try some new things. So we ordered their slippers this year. You guys, check it out. It's a great Christmas gift, and you can get a massive discount up to 66% off of everything that's at the MyPillow store. You guys, they have sheets. They have a mattress. They've got a dog bed, which Finley is loving. They've got awesome bathrobes, and their slippers are fantastic, real leather, you will love them. Don't tell anybody, but that's what I got my husband for Christmas. Anyway, I want to encourage you guys. It's a great way to support an American-owned business and support this podcast at the same time. Do some Christmas shopping at MyPillow.com. Use promo code Heidi or call 1-800-447-0541. And I know that this is happening because I see it. And to me, the current state of our polarized churches and the current state of what's happening uh, politically and what's happening in the medical, commu- medical community is basically looking a lot like two people who are saying, you know, I don't care if I starve to death. I'm going to sit over here and I'm going to watch you eat your, you know, watch you eat your sandwich. And I'm so angry at you. I'm not even going to ask you for a bite. And the other person in the other side of the corner is looking at the person who's definitely going to starve to death and saying, I don't care if I sit here and watch you starve. That's what's happening right now. And the Bible speaks out against this. There are attitudes that cause division and we are seeing them. And, and you know what? They're a fact of life, right? We, we, we should be divided over certain things. They're not always a bad thing. Sometimes the divisions are necessary. Sometimes we see this in, in Paul and Barnabas. The Bible says that they had a severe um, 
disagreement. And so they went their separate ways. But this is beyond that. There is a division that's happening in our country right now that is bringing disunity and division. It's bringing it to us politically and it's bringing it to us in the church. And this is a tragedy. And we have got to speak out against it. We need wisdom. Psalm 92 uh, says, it is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. Uh, It says, how great are your works, Lord, how profound are your thoughts. Senseless people do not know. Fools do not understand that though the wicked spring up like grass and all evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. But you, O Lord, are exalted forever. For surely your enemies, Lord, surely your enemies will perish and all evildoers will be scattered. And he talks about how the righteous then will flourish like a palm tree and grow like the cedars of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. We have got to see what is happening with clear eyes and a clear heart that says this division between uh, people who should be on the same page, Republicans. I mean, really, you guys, until I jumped into a congressional candidate, I did not realize how much the Republicans eat their own. It's unbelievable to me. And this world that's divided right now, according to the psalmist, between the evildoers and the righteous is really at the at the core of it. But what we're allowing the enemy to do is come in and sow seeds of division over things that carry literally no eternal significance with them. None. And yet we're throwing away friendships. We're throwing away family relationships. We're throwing away poli- what should be strong political alliances. And the blindness that is accompanying it has been absolutely mind-blowing to me. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul, speaking to uh, the, the church in Corinth, said, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of the Lord, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Well, why would he say this? Because Paul understood that a house divided against itself cannot stand. And so I'm going to encourage you today with everything that I have in me to pray about this and come before the Lord together with me and say, Father, will you help us to figure out how we can bridge this incredible chasm that seems to be growing wider by the day? We're going to be studying the book of Acts at MomStrong International in 2022. And I've been reading this book this uh, book for a while and studying it. But one of the things I loved about it was it really puts in practice the gospel. So it takes the, the, the message of the gospel, which had now been preached to the church, and they're trying to figure out how do we flesh this thing out. In Acts 4.32, it gives us a window into how they were able to change the world. All the believers, this is Acts 4.32, all the believers were of one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. In Ephesians 4.23, it says to be made new in the attitude of your mind. In other words, Lord, is there something in my mind that is keeping me from doing what you want me to do? Because I don't want that. I want to be made new. And we can, we can do that. The Lord can help us. But this division that we're seeing happening right now, Christians have a unique opportunity to speak into it. In John 13, 35, we read, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And you guys have been hearing me saying now for almost two solid years, love tells the truth. Love tells the truth. So this is why I will never back down talking about the truth about what's happening with uh, this virus 
And even though I lost my dad to the virus, I continue to maintain that the way we are handling this is 100% wrong. The pain and suffering as a result of people losing their jobs, being forced to get an inoculation against their will, people telling you, I don't care if you've got antibodies, this has nothing even to do with science anymore. It's about creating an us versus them mentality. And I got to tell you, the spirit of the age is winning this one. He really is. The Bible tells us in Philippians 2, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, value others above yourselves. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Instead, in Romans 14, we're told to make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. So I'm going to ask you today, what does that look like where you guys are right now? In, the, in view uh, of the fact that we are suffering in this nation and around the world from tornadoes, not the least of which is the, the spiritual tornado that has ripped through the church. We are suffering from incredible divide right now. And I believe that God would have us heal it by coming to him in prayer. In Matthew 18, we learn what it means to go to a brother who you've offended. And at the end, he says, listen, I'm going to tell you again that if two of you agree on earth about anything and ask for it, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, I am there with them. The Bible tells us in Ephesians that we have been given a role to play, that God wants us all to participate. It says Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ could be built up until we all reach what? Unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of fullness in Christ. This is God's heart for us. In Colossians 3, where we are instructed to bear with each other and forgive one another if we have a grievance against someone. It says, forgive just as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. The danger that we are in right now, this dangerous time where we are not unified with each other, and we are not coming together and we are not seeking answers is a very, very dangerous time. It's dangerous for the church. It's dangerous for the country. It's dangerous for our families. And we need to start looking at what it is that God would have us do in the midst of it. And you heard Pastor Phil and I talking about this in the last couple of days saying, hey, listen, we all have a part to play. And we are to live in harmony with each other, to be of one mind, united in thought and in purpose. And we can't do that if, we're, uh, if we've got our eyes on things that don't actually matter. And as heartbroken as I was to hear, you know, a family member that I love take this ridiculous position of saying, hey, I'm not going to meet with you. I'm not going to talk to you. I don't care if it's inside, outside, upside down. You get the vaccine or we're never talking again. I'm telling you, this is the enemy. And I frankly think that's what this has been about from the very, very beginning. Because if the polarization that continues to plague this country and our families and our government and our churches is too extreme, eventually, we're going to find ourselves swamped and not be able to overcome it. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm praying about that. We're never going to be able to unite. I was thinking about this for my district where I live. 
the division, the fighting, the lying, the name calling. Uh, we're, this is the enemy loves it and his fingerprints are all over it. So what do we do in the face of that? We say, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Make me an instrument of unity. And instead of the division that we see in the country right now, in the name of Jesus, we ask for unity and oneness of spirit. That is what is needed right now more than ever before. And so as you guys read the headlines, as you continue to see things that are uh, that are tearing us apart, ask yourselves, what can I do to bring us together? What could, what, how would the Lord use me? How would God use my family? How would the Lord use my voice so that I can bring an, be an instrument that will bring peace and unity rather than division and fear? And shame on the federal government for what for what they are doing. And you heard uh, Phil and I talking about this yesterday. This is Marxism, and we're being tested right now, you guys. We're being tested on, on in just about every front. We really are living in a Greco-Roman society, back to the world of the early uh, of the early Christians. And many of us right now, our faith is being tested. You guys, a faith that hasn't been tested can't be trusted. And so as you're walking through these deep waters, allow the Lord to give you the wisdom that you need to persevere and make it to the next level. God is in control. He really, really is. And you can trust him. But we've got to be motivated by our love for other people and our love for the Lord to tell the truth, to walk justly, to love justice and mercy, to walk humbly with the Lord, and to ask the Lord to bring us together in unity. I appreciate you guys listening. As always, we love getting your cards and your letters. We're putting them up on the wall here at the Homeschool Resource Center. You can send those to us. Heidi St. John, Care of Firmly Planted Family, 11100, Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. And if you can make a donation to the nonprofit organization that is Firmly Planted a Family to help us in our mission, to help other parents be able to pull their children out of the public school system and restore the family, we would be very, very grateful. We love you guys. Have a great day. Ask the Lord for unity today. Love your families well. And I will see you back here tomorrow with my friend, Dr. Kathy Cook at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.